0: Hey there, thank you for listening to the Wild Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny, and everything I offer you is about inspiring you to live and sweat in sync with nature, with solo episodes and conversations with other wild femmes who share so much wisdom to help you reach your goals without sacrificing your well-being. This is a wild femme episode where I have a conversation with a guest on a topic that helps you to take care of your body so that you can live your one wild life. And with me here is Michelle Orovitz. She is an acupuncturist, an Ayurvedic practitioner, and a certified hypnotherapist. She specializes in fertility health, and she was inspired to change her career from architecture to acupuncture after having her own reproductive imbalances that were resolved by her acupuncturist. So her method of treatment encompasses not only herbs and acupuncture, but also incorporates diet, supplements, essential oils, and most importantly, the mind and how it influences conception. So she helps women and couples both online as well as in person and is the host of the Wholesome Fertility Podcast. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I love all the things that I have learned about my body, about traditional Chinese medicine through receiving acupuncture myself. So I'm just thrilled that you're here to share more. And I guess in the topic of fertility and reproductive health, I know you have your own journey with this, but where would you guide women to understanding the connection or the the language around how Chinese medicine views this or like from a lens of acupuncture, what are some of the things to understand about our bodies in that way? Because I know it's a bit of a different language and understanding than sometimes we've been taught. So where do you like to start in helping people to understand maybe a different viewpoint around fertility, around reproductive health and our menstrual cycle when it comes to uh, traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture?
1: Um, Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, First of all, like acupuncture and Chinese medicine in general looks at the body as an ecosystem. So it's actually based on nature and the laws of nature. And it's very simplistic if you really think about it. A lot of us innately understand. So uh, when I was studying acupuncture and Chinese medicine, a lot of these things are very logical and they make sense and they resonate because we're made of the same exact thing that, that it it is based on, which is nature. And just how nature gets balanced by opposites. So we have night, we have day. Um, The yin and the yang is a symbol really like to encompass Chinese medicine. So we look at the yin and the yang, which is basically homeostasis and your body always wants to be balanced. Um, We know this in conventional medicine as well. They look at like how hormones, um, they have negative feedback. There's a negative feedback loop. If your body senses too much uh, of whatever hormone, your brain will signal to stop um, stimulating for that hormone to increase. So it's, there's so many different uh, ways that our bodies balance. If we get too hot, our pores open up, we release the heat, we have sweat and the sweat cools our body. You know? So it's basically our bodies are destined and, and designed to, to balance. And so that's really the core of what Chinese medicine is about. We also look at elements. So just like we have dampness in certain climates or too much heat or too much cold, our bodies also reflect that and they have their own climates. Um, And that's how we use, that's when herbals come in. Herbals work on that chemistry and the chemical aspect of it. And Chinese medicine, as far as acupuncture goes, that works on the electricity of the body. And so um, using certain points, it gets the energy to move. And it's almost like we're like this circuit um, of channels inside of us that really feed energy to our organs and that helps our bodies to get into balance. So it's basically, and then reproductive health is a reflection of our overall health. It really is as simple as that. If our body gets what it needs, our reproductive health is automatically going to do well. Because uh, you know, if you we we had spoken about it, right? Too much exercise can shut down your period, and um, and too little exercise isn't good either. So you know, when you have that balance and your body gets exactly what it needs, reproductive health is is basically going to be reflecting that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And with fertility specifically, do you see any certain patterns in people that you work with and the women that you have helped, which is so many, and just things that they might be noticing within their lifestyle or patterns that you notice that might even be um, sort of typical traditional Chinese medicine patterns that you see in the body? And what are some things to be aware of in that if someone is on a fertility journey, or just wanting to optimize their hormones and their health. um, Is there anything that you would share that might be um, a typical pattern and something to be aware of?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, there's so many different patterns. I tend to see a lot of people getting very cold, believe it or not, we're in Florida. And, and, but the thing is, I think that what happens, honestly, is that we go outside our pores are wide open in nature there's never no such thing as ac and then we're getting we're going inside and all of a sudden our pores are wide open our body's not repaired to get that cold coming right in um because when when it's cold our pores are supposed to be closed so that it regulates the heat in our body or the cold Mm. and so um so a lot of people believe it or not they get really cold and one of the things um, that i always tell everybody is keep your feet warm or at least covered. Don't put your feet on the on the tile on the cold tile, because that will get drawn up into your channels. So it's important to kind of do to keep that. Another thing is um, spleen chi deficiency or uh, liver chi stagnation. Those are two patterns that are pretty common all across the board, not just with fertility. And that tends to be um, when there's too much stagnation. It's, it it really responds to stress and unfortunately a lot of the jobs a lot of corporations um there's a lot of demands on people and then the stress of the you know of the quarantine the covid and everything that's been going on is also affecting and what happens when we stress is we tighten up our bodies and then that stifles the energy from flowing the way it's supposed to and feeding organs and so we'll tend to kind of feel stressed and tension up here what happens is, as we know, a lot of us have gut issues and a lot of it has to do with processed food, um, antibiotics, um, all kinds of assaults that we have. We're eating the wrong foods or foods that we're sensitive to, and that can cause inflammation and all kinds of other problems. And also um, we need a really healthy spleen in order to create blood. For women, obviously the menstruation is all about blood. So it's important to have all of that in check and that a person's not too deficient is really nourished uh, from within. And, and part of it, honestly, like if you could just figure out what kind of food to eat, if you could just do that and nothing else, don't go into acupuncturist, don't do anything else, just figure out what kind of food nourishes your body, just by food alone, you mm-hmm. can do so much for your body.
0: Yeah. What's your approach with food and helping women to find that, what is optimal for them? Because, you know, we're all quite different. And even though there's some common things that are very good for all of us for the, you know, in a general sense, uh, where do you direct yeah. women if they're asking, well, what is optimal for me? You know, there's it can be so confusing with what to eat and what to avoid and things like that.
1: Um, Well, there's two things. One of them, the most, the easiest way to do it, really, but it's a little more expensive is to get tested. Mm -hmm. And I have, um, I offer a couple of different tests and I do this for my patients. Is um, you could do gut testing, you could do stool testing to see what's going on in the colon, like what kind of uh, bacteria you have, Mm -hmm. if there's inflammation, things like that. Or you could do um, a food sensitivity test where you prick your, uh, your finger and then you get your blood and they basically look for antibodies for proteins and then they can get even more detailed and it gets more expensive of course, where they get into the peptides, um, but that's like adding different tests to specific foods and you can actually go and really see that way if a person has a, a food sensitivity. But like I mentioned before, how our bodies are designed so intelligently we actually, you can, our bodies are very intuitive and you will feel off with certain foods. Um, One of the best ways to do it if you can is the elimination diet, Um, really removing all the big ones that tend to cause um, inflammation or sensitivities, and then reintroducing it one by one, Um, reintroducing it, seeing how you're feeling, and if it's okay, then introduce something else. Um, or get back off of it if it's causing issues, or you're feeling a little more tired or headaches. Um, But yeah, one of the best ways is really getting intuitive with your body, and feeling um, what your body's telling you. But there are certain across the board foods that all of us should avoid. And that's like fried foods, sugar, you know, the the typical ones that most of us know about, trans fats, right, um, you know, things like that, you know, that everybody knows about, like the cookies and the, you know, the high sugar, simple carbs, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And it all really does affect your hormones. And (laughs) if that's not a connection point yet for some folks, then,
1: you know, let this be a reminder that it definitely is a connection. Um, just one more thing that I wanted to mention is, um, is there are certain things that are across the board really applicable for a lot of people and have been shown to help fertility, which tends to be high fat, good fats, um, like avocado, natural, healthy fats, raw olive oil, things like that. And then, um, high fat and high protein and complex carbs, if you're going to have, but and at a minimum or like a little less so fats and proteins should be on top and um and carbs as well but healthy carbs it's so interesting i think that you're able to
0: give so much information and so much guidance to patients whether you're working with them in person or virtually from a distance and i'm just curious how do you support someone in terms of maybe the acupuncture because typically that's such a in-person and hands-on thing, are there things that you offer them in terms of working with their own acupressure points, or do you work with essential oils in that way? I know that's been a recent study of mine with using essential oils on different acupoints because of their activation. So is there anything there within your virtual work that might be helpful for someone listening to take away from this?
1: So yes, I do. I do actually do that for my online course. I actually go over essential oils and, and different blends and I give recipes and then I also give them points and I explain to them how they can figure out what elements they have in their body and based on their, how they feel to use certain points. Um, so that is something that I'm able to translate. And then if I'm working with people I also sometimes send them ear kits. Um, they're kits with ear seeds that you could use at different times of your cycle. So it's really amazing. You're really supporting the different organs that are active at different times of your cycle, Mm -hmm. Um, like the liver and the uterus during the menstrual cycle, things like that. And also the abdomen to get the energy flow Um, and all of your, basically your whole body is reflected on your ear. So something that people can do that's very simple and they can do this while they shower. I always like to suggest to doing a new habit while you're already doing another routine habit, which is showering, everybody showers. So during that time, you can massage your ears while you're cleaning them, like washing them massage your whole ear. Um, Mm -hmm. If you massage your whole ear, it's like you're massaging your whole body and internal organs. So it's a great way to get the blood flow um, Mm -hmm. without really missing anything.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love how um you know, we're on the same page there with anchoring something to something you already do. I actually used that shower um idea only with meditation and not meditating while I was showering, but mm-hmm. using it as a sort of anchor <laughs> point like as soon as I got out of the shower, that's when I would sit my butt down to meditate because I was trying to anchor it somewhere in my day. And it was a point of like, okay, after a shower, I always do this, so similar. But anyway, that was a little sidetrack on that. I love your point on the ears and um, massaging all of those points. And I guess I didn't even quite realize, although it makes sense that massaging the ear would be like affecting the whole body or hitting all those points. Would the feet be similar because of the reflex points on the feet or is that a little different?
1: Well, we don't have specific points. We only have really one point at the bottom of the foot, but yes, your whole body can be reflected on your foot. And in Chinese medicine, there's something called body mapping. And basically every single, like your whole hand, your whole foot, you're basically reflected like a hologram all over your body.
0: So fascinating to look at it from that lens, because I know when I first learned about it, it was like nothing that I had ever heard that, you know, a point here on your hand would be, associated with the liver meridian and Mm -hmm. supporting your hormones in that way and you know it's just a whole new uh, way of Mm -hmm. looking at it and thinking but it's been something that's been very helpful to me and I know that's been your experience too and that's why you do the work you do so I think it's definitely something that women um, can learn about and use to support themselves in that way I guess if they were listening and wanting to know about fertility specifically, and working with each of the phases of their cycle, or if they're not currently menstruating and they're working with just those phases themselves, trying to work with the shifts that they might feel or get their cycle back. Is there anything that you would offer for like, say the follicular luteal menstrual phases um, to focus on, or to be thinking about when it comes to either our food or the um, lifestyle practices that you teach, or even just in terms of acupuncture, Chinese medicine principles, and what you notice, what you teach, what you share in regards to that perspective? Is there something we can break down with the cycle as a little bit of an anchor for each of those things?
1: Yeah. I mean, one thing for sure is when you're bleeding, it, you're basically losing one of your vital essences, mm-hmm. um, which is actually normal. It's, it's part of what we have. It's, it's part of our body, but you mm-hmm. also don't want to deplete too much while you're already depleting. It's a, you're, you're having some kind of purge and your body's releasing a vital substance. You don't want to sweat at the same time. I used to do hot yoga while I menstruated and I really felt a lot more weak. And I realized like I'm, I'm basically depleting two types of fluids for my body. And during that time, now I just don't exercise and I tell my patients, I, I suggest for them to do the same mm-hmm. just to kind of honor that time as a time of rest. And you don't have to rest the whole time. It could be just like when you're really bleeding mm-hmm. and it's really flowing out which tends to be like two to three days
0: mm-hmm. of
1: that full. I mean, you could spot in the beginning and the end or it's a little lighter flow. But really when you're really um, heavy in the flow, to honor that, have bone broth, do things that are very nourishing for your body and just give yourself that, that nourishment in that time. Um, definitely into going, going into um, also nourishing your fluids. You wanna make sure you're, you're drinking a lot and you're really nourishing your fluids because you're losing a lot of fluids. Um, So then going into ovulation during that time, around that time is a very yin phase. Um, So having yin foods, uh, I tend to suggest the seed cycling as well, because it helps. And then also increasing fats into the diet. I mean, I pretty much tell people to do that anyway, in general. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I'm like, I shift too much of the foods. I do the seed cycling And then towards the other end, it's more of a young phase where your temperature increases and you want to utilize that. So going out and having a little sunshine like during the day, um, I also suggest putting your feet on the earth, you know, just getting that grounding throughout the cycle. And then um, also when you're going into the luteal phase, whether you're preparing for menstruation or you are preparing for pregnancy, your body actually needs more energy. So you're getting into more young and that's more active. So your body needs more energy. So you actually want to nourish it and not deplete it too much.
0: Makes sense. So in terms of yin and yang, you actually are saying that the first half of the cycle, like from day one is is yin and then from
1: ovulation through, or is ovulation yin as well? Um, ovulation is when it shifts to young because it also okay. uh, it's it's a it starts to peak i mean it's actually both you know it goes down and then it goes up um if you think about ovulation you think about the fluid that's very yin you know so you think about the cervical flu- fluid as a very yin thing but then you're going into this this phase where you're about to fertilize and that's really typically what it is and that's a very young thing because it it needs a lot of energy. So it's actually, it kind of like is where they meet the yin and the yang. And then it goes into a yang phase, your temperature increases. That's, that's more of the yang heat energy.
0: Right. And through the rest of the luteal phase then is quite yang. Or into pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. And pregnancy would also be considered yang.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's both, you know, it's, it's both, Sure. You know, you're increasing because a lot, there's a lot of activity happening, but at the same time, it's kind of, it's inner, you know, it's inside and it's surrounded by fluid, which is yin. And so it's kind of a little both, but yeah, yeah, the young, um, the luteal phase is very young. Um, Your body increases a lot of energy, a lot of blood flow, like a lot is going on to prepare for a possible pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And so you want to nourish your body at that time. And that's why it's interesting because if the body's depleted, you'll tend to want sugar right before your period, or you'll, you'll kind of crave sugar. Why? Because it's a quick fix of energy. If your body's depleted, you want quick energy. And so if you eat correctly and you're really nourishing yourself with proteins and fats, you're not going to crave that sugar because you're already getting that energy, you already nourishing your body. So that's kind of a symptom of your body not being nourished.
0: I think it's so interesting how um, the yin and the yang reference there and reason I was kind of clarifying is because I, I see where that understanding makes sense so much and also in my mind, when I think about exercise. And sort of the second half of the cycle, as you know, like being a a winding down, like you are not wanting to, never wanting to deplete your energy, but like the premenstrual time, you don't want to go out and do your hardest efforts necessarily. And then of course, during menstruation, like you were saying, so just in simple concept in my mind, like the end luteal phase would be very yin movements. But when I think of yin movements, I think of nourishing, slow, right?
1: Um, well, not yes. hard. Well, yes. And what you're doing is actually you're, you're bringing in yin so that you're able to help the young, support the young. So it, they're always together. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. You said that like that, because now
0: that makes, uh, that clarifies completely. Mm-hmm. And just like in Okay, so then in the menstrual phase, uh, where it's more yin, then where does that tie? Well, in you're deplete.
1: What? You're a deplete, but at the same time, you're depleting the yin. You are. You know, you're depleting the you're yin right. because you're depleting fluids and you're depleting. You know. So um. So it's a time to nourish that yin. Uh huh. It's a time to nourish that yin, and then and then you know, so you don't want to do too much. But then, as you're moving into the yang, that's like the time where you're most able to be active. And you're most at your peak and you have the most energy. So you're getting all this energy. And then afterwards, you want to sustain that energy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. That That's really beautiful. because I <laughs> It's I never intricate. There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, there is. And I, I hope listeners are kind of grabbing that too. Maybe you can relisten if it didn't make sense to you the way that it is in my brain right now. But...
1: Well, here's the thing too, is you don't really need to, you don't need to really, um, get your head around too much because the body is so intuitive mm-hmm. that it will tell you 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 yeah. know i mean it's that's the thing if you can just master that that connection and that click with your body you know that was designed way before anybody wrote books about this yeah because this is us this is like we're designed by this incredible divine intelligence yeah. that knows how to get us in tune So we can tune into that is better than to really wrap our minds around the logic and the details and just really feel intuitively what we're called for. And a lot of times, you know, when we do get our period, we don't feel like doing anything. We want to rest and we just, we tend to want to do that. Maybe there are some people that don't feel that way, you know, that there's something of everything, but most of us just want to just we just don't want to do anything we just want to relax we want to let go and it's kind of a cozy time sometimes you just want to like crawl up and put a blanket on and maybe put some heating pads on your belly and you know it's kind of that time and that's okay like just if we listen to that then we'll feel better throughout everything
0: yeah you're absolutely right that's a beautiful way to say it And and speaking of cycles and anchoring to that or understanding it, I'm curious, do you have a cycle that you anchor to, whether that be menstrual cycle, the seasons, the phases of the moon, how does that look in your life and what does that um, reminder show you within the cycle?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely all about the phases of the moon and I actually have my patients because we as humans have this amazing ability to entrain. We entrain the second we're born with with our parents, with our mother. Um, We entrain with her heartbeat, with her breath. Um, We have this incredible ability to entrain and that will always anchor us and that really exists in nature. So when we entrain with the light of the sun, then it helps our 24 hour cycle, our circadian rhythm. It helps us know when to be awake and went to be asleep and that's why a lot of us have issues because we we have artificial light and that's confusing for our bodies our bodies don't know artificial light they entrain with what nature is so that's confusing you know so at night if people can just go out and even if they don't have uh, access to seeing the moon at night they could still see how lit the sky is every night And if they can go outside and just entrain with the the night sky, then that can help entrain their bodies. So we have this incredible ability. And some people tend to entrain and and get their period on the full moon or the new moon. Um, So it's fine. There's blood mooners, there's uh, white mooners, you know, everybody's different. So um, some people ovulate with a full moon, but it's important to still entrain with the moonlight, and it really does do something, even though it feels kind of hoo-hoo, you know, or woo-woo.
0: Yeah, I love it, and it'll resonate, I know, with a lot of people listening, because um, that's the kind of conversations we have here. <laughs> In addition to <laughs> talking about movement, which I know you re- referenced earlier, I'm guessing that movement is something that is a regular part of your life too, and I always love to ask yeah. on these episodes um, if you are moving your body today and if you are what that looks like and kind of what
1: how you came to that decision or why you're doing it that way. And I I already did it. I, I created a little hot um, yoga in my back room. Like I have a little room, so I, I've been doing hot yoga forever, and it just really really resonates with my body. With my body, it feels amazing. Um, so I did my hot yoga, I showered, and then I'm probably going to have a nice little long walk at the end of the day with my dog outside. Um, that's fun too, to go outside and smell the fresh air and just kind of breathe and, and be out and, in nature.
0: What's something else that you do most days for your
1: health? Meditate mm. every day. I love it. I mean, that's, uh, and I breathe, I do breath work. Like every time I wake up, it's almost like breath yoga where I breathe in and out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, just to really expand and, and utilize my breathing abilities, which I think that we don't typically do, you know, most of us don't breathe to the capacity that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that and meditation mm-hmm.
0: really me anchors me. Yes. And I always love to ask, what does wild mean to
1: you? Wild is free, (laughs) freedom. That's what it means. I I, I feel just that kind of sense when I hear wild, just freedom to express and be. Yes,
0: that word comes up a lot. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you would love to share as we end our conversation here? Anything that you uh, want to leave us with, or just anything I didn't ask you about that you wanted to talk about?
1: Um, nothing comes to mind. I just, um, I, I guess what I will just like leave you guys with is just to listen to yourself more. I think that that's something that I think we tend to kind of go by the professionals and people who. Or I guess, like have certain credentials. And I think it's important to really trust our own intelligence as well. And listen to that divine intuition that we have.
0: Yes. Thank you for that. And thank you for everything you shared. This was such an amazing conversation. I hope those of you listening get so much out of it. Michelle is doing beautiful work for women for all people, for all those that are wanting to learn more about their hormone health and they're on a fertility journey. And of course I will leave in ways that you can get connected with her in the show notes uh her website and social media so you can check there for all those details and thank you again michelle i really appreciate you being here for this conversation and thank you for those of you listening as always for listening for watching and until we chat again go live your one wild life